days we thank you for this time. Lord, speak to us today. Let the entrance of your word give light and life in the name of Jesus. Amen. Whatever storm we are going through, Lord, I declare peace be still in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Now, this the last story we just read. The disciples didn't even recognize who they had on board. They didn't even understand. They didn't recognize the power of the guy that was in the boat with them. And they've been moving with him for years. Three years. Thank you very much. Because that was almost at the end of, of, of the ministry of Jesus. So, who is in the boat with you? Sometimes we live in constant state of anxiety because we don't even recognize who we have in the boat with us. <laughs> See, if you're not careful, you will always be anxious every day. Because the Bible, even the Bible says that there is enough evil for the day. Now, media, especially Nigerian media, not even Nigerian media, media generally, which, which kind of news said in media? Okay, for instance, if, I, if, I, if I'm a journalist now and I report today, Sonolu slept yesterday and woke up this morning. That's the headline of my That's my headline. Like, who do you But Sonolu stumps, slumps while he was attempting to wake up. So, media doesn't even help us. If you're not careful, I, I know a friend of mine, a young person, you know, she said she's not on, on, on Facebook again. Ah, what happened now? She said every time, that every time she checks Facebook, she, she gets out of bed depressed. She's always angry about every news. Ah, when you come down, you just see yourself, you say that she deleted the accounts totally. Because there's always something that will make you anxious. If you are not anxious about Nigeria, you are anxious about your children, our mothers and, and fathers. God bless you in Jesus' name. There's something that they say that you don't retire from parenthood. <laughs> Immediately you become a parent. You will, you will never take leave of absence. <laughs> Two weeks leave. Even when, you know, some mothers are saying, I want to have a me time. I don't want to talk to you people. Love them in the room. I say, I need to be parent. You see what I mean? So you will always have something to worry about. You worry about your children, worry about the job, worry about church, worry about this. There is always something to worry about. But most of the things that we worry about are things that could have happened. What is the hey? Where's that child now? Hope you won't have bad guy. Hope this one. Ah, hope. Things that could have happened. What if? What if? What if? But most of the times, those things, if you look at it, let's do an, an analysis. Those things we worry about rarely happen. Am I right? Am I right? Yes, Please talk to me. Yes, the things that you worry about about your children, most of the times, they never happen. But what has happened to your worry? It has stolen your joy. It has stolen your peace. That's two hours you use in thinking, ha, what will happen to this job now? Oh, ha, I'm going to the office tomorrow. This book. That 30 minutes, one hour that you use in being anxious, you will never regain it again. You have lost it forever. 
The devil has stolen your joy, he has stolen your peace over what could have happened. The Bible tells us, and when we read that, be anxious for nothing. And the pharmaceutical industry is getting rich because we fail to, to, to obey the, the scriptures. People, people's BP are getting high. Why? Because of anxiety. Pharmacies are becoming millionaires because you will not obey the scriptures. You know that guy in Malu Production that uh, sell. I I share cookie cookie. Uh, you know I, I don't know if it is there, but one of them that was also selling Ogoya <laughs> Jija. I'm like in the, in, the, in our days, when you run or when I was again, you know I have to. There's no need to use Ogoya. People are getting rich because we will not obey the scriptures. Be anxious for nothing. Anxiety makes us not to enjoy where we are because we are busy worrying about where we are going. See, there is a principle of scripture in every religion. There is something they do in Hinduism. I'll just explain it briefly. They, they, they tell them they go on a seven-day meditation, not fasting, meditation. And the guy that's guiding them will tell me that don't worry about tomorrow. Drop everything, the only drop everything. The only thing you should worry about is that your breath that is coming out from your nose now. They take you on that journey for seven days. One of my colleagues have gone on that journey on that thing. You cannot come out there and be the same again. And I'm looking at it. This is what is scripture. Don't worry about tomorrow. It is what is the principle of Jesus. It's what they, they, will, they will feed you. When you pay, you go in there for seven days, you drop your phone, you will not communicate with it. Even if your child is going to die tomorrow, don't worry. Just concentrate. The only thing you should worry about is that breath that is coming out of your nose now. So after seven days, now did the people did they die? Well, take your phone and call home. Did did home scatter? Did your job, did your business crumble? And this is just the principle of scriptures. So anxiety is it's when we worry, we we worry about where we are going at the expense of the joy of where we are. I put here that to be anxious is to have uneasiness over a threat that has not been executed. To be anxious is to have uneasiness over a threat that has not been executed. And those who are older than me here will, will tell us that life is full of threats. Oh. Life is full of threats. You will never, there will never be a day that will not, there will be a potential evil in a day. And the Bible, don't be anxious over anything. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So he said, but with prayer and what? Supplication. Have a prayer life, not a church life. A number of us will not pray 
until we get to the four walls of the church. <laughs> and that's why the devil is cheating us a lot. Because our prayer life is only dependent on whenever there is God that comes to wind us. Like, you remember all those kids that generator? How many people put that generator? You remember those generators that are <laughs> Until they wind you. Have a prayer life. You know, we have a church life. Not a prayer life. With prayer and supplication. You cannot go higher than your prayer. Your, your life cannot be higher than your prayer life. The realities that's happening in your life cannot supersede your prayer life. It's, 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 it's a fact. It's a given. And prayer should be your defense mechanism. For those of us who play chess or any of these strategy games, do you know that when you are attacking, you also be what? Because you cannot just go and Yoruba uh, say that I, I want to try and transliterate it before I. Okay, let me just say it in Yoruba. Apologies for those who don't understand Yoruba. He said, What is that Mojamosa? Okay, knowing when to attack. I'm going to retreat. Is what the term is. Good warrior. Eh? I didn't get that. Two. Mass defense. If you are a true warrior, you're a general. The only thing you know how to do in your life is attack, 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 attack. A true warrior knows when to attack and when to retreat. If you have only attacking strategy and you don't have a defense strategy, you are likely to lose the war. Although some other people will tell you that attack is the best form of defense. Because before they come and attack you, who So prayer is your defense mechanism. You don't wait till things happen before you pray. You understand? You don't wait for trouble to start before you pray. You are putting prayer, you are putting it there. Let the devil try it. You are not praying. Even when things are going right, don't put prayer there as a defense mechanism. Don't let it just be there. With prayer and supplication. So, prayer should be our defense mechanism. Make your requests known unto who? Please talk to me. Make your requests known unto who? Not unto Facebook. Not on Twitter. A number of us we make our requests known on social media. I don't know when people when people display prayer, their prayer, their personal prayer. I'm not talking about the prayer we are praying in church or for people. Your personal prayer, the prayer you are praying in your quiet time, and you display it on Facebook. For what? What's the purpose? Eh? Maybe, maybe I'm, I'm getting towards old school. Eh? Purpose. Is it that Matthew should hear your prayer? Do you understand? You put prayer, your secret prayer, you put it on your WhatsApp status. For what? Make your request known unto God. Social media has replaced that these days. You make your prayer request known unto social media. Most people that do that, they never preach the prayer. Go, go, go. They just end. You know this is marketing strategy. They just said one prayer somewhere. Don't put it on social media. You didn't make your request known to God, and I wonder why is God not answering my prayer. You made it known to WhatsApp. 
and secret prayers yield public answers. But we want public prayers. If you it, take this. <laughs> the other nobody will know. You yourself will Make your requests known unto God. This spirit of social media and everything, you are drinking water, something like that, everything on social media. Make your request known unto God. We omitted one, Thanksgiving. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So while you are waiting for the answers, be thankful. If you can find something to be grateful for, if you can find something to be thankful for, then the peace of God. If you can, while you are waiting, it may not look like it. While I'm waiting, if I can find something to be thankful for, then the peace of God, and he described the kind of peace, the peace of God that God was, that is great, he cannot describe. Everything is going loose, everything is going haywire, and you still have peace. Even you yourself cannot describe. This kind of peace is crazy. The peace of God that passes all understanding. We'll go back to that peace and understanding later. For he said that peace will do two things for you. Or do one thing in two places. He will guard your words. Talk to me. Your heart and what? And your mind. That peace will be the gate man. The security system to your heart and your mind. What does it mean to guard your heart? It guards your emotions. Your heart is a seat of your emotions. Your sensitivities, your vulnerabilities. So the things that you are sensitive to will change. Why? Because the peace of God is the gift man. The things that will happen to other people and their vulnerabilities, the peace of God guards your heart. That's where your sensitivities are. That's where our body, the things you react to. That peace will guard it. Now, it says the next thing you will guard is what? After the heart, where? Mind. What does it mean to guard your mind? It keeps you creative. Your mind is the seat of your creativity. It keeps you industrious. It keeps you inventing new ideas. So, in the midst of the people that invent ideas in the midst of problems are the ones that get rich. If that peace guards you, because you cannot be creative and be worried at the same time. Worry robs you of your industriousness, of how crazy. And how many of us, after thinking, thinking, crying, 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 and a great innovative idea comes to your mind? How many, how many people? It robs you of those. But when the peace of God guards your heart and mind, it keeps you creative, it keeps you industrious. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I, I, I don't know if Daniel can help me display um, the image of a cockpit. <coughs> Do you have that image? Okay, maybe why they are looking for it. Anxiety is like a pilot flying a plane and the gauges 
of the plane are faulty. You know, okay, thank you very much. Look at all these gauges. I'm not a bad pilot, so I may not have to interpret it. But you know, it is on this dashboard. The guy will see we are on 30,000 feet above sea level. We are traveling at 900 kilometers per hour. We are, uh, the engine is running fine. Now imagine if the gauges are faulty. Even though it's flying at the right altitude, it will take a slide too low. Oh, you think it's flying too high. Oh, we're not, the speed is too much. The speed is too low. So anxiety destroys your gauge. The things that normal thing that you should not be worried about because your gauge is faulty. You think you're flying too high. Oh, oh, it's too low. Anxiety destroys you. It's like a pilot flying an aeroplane and all the gauge is faulty. He doesn't know if the foil tank. <laughs> You're like, oh, is this a full He's almost empty. He doesn't know. He will crash. But Jesus can come into your boots and fix your gauge. That's your faulty gauge. A number of us, we've tried and tried. Your gauge, you know that your gauge is any small thing. You react over react. Even you yourself, after everything, you know, it's not this hard now. Why? Anxiety over and over and over has destroyed your gauge. But Jesus is coming today Amen. to fix your gauge in the name of Jesus. Amen. Because he's the Prince of Peace. Somebody shall peace. peace. Somebody shall peace. peace. That's what Jesus gives. That's who Jesus is. He's the Prince of Peace. So when he gets into the boat of your life, you won't have to worry about the storms. You won't have to be afraid or, or, or upset about the waves because Jesus is in my boots. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So Jesus got into the quickly. Let us go to that next story. Jesus got into the boat and told his disciples, Let us cross to the other side. That is not a statement, that's the promise. Jesus told them, let us cross to the other side. The fact that Jesus said, let us cross to the other side, no matter what is happening in between, I know that Jesus has said that we are crossing to the other side. We are getting to the other side. When, okay, let, me, let me tell you this story, uh, the story of Joshua. When Moses died, and God was encouraging Joshua, encourage yourself in the Lord, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and God was telling him how he will divide the land among the children of Israel. Joshua and God were having a conversation on how the land will be shared. Not once did God have a conversation about the battle of Jericho or any of the battles or Jordan. So in Joshua's mind, he cannot die in the battle. Because God has me and God, we've already said to that way, we are dividing the land. Whatever happened between when God spoke to me and when we get to the land, it cannot kill me. What did God tell you at the beginning of this year? You may not look like it now. Storms will be coming in the middle. And you're wondering, ah, God, but you told me. The fact that God said it, it will happen. In fact, if, if Jesus had said that in this Sorosuke generation, 
and we televised and we, it was live streamed on Facebook when Jesus said, let's cross to the other side. Then, you were now live streaming when the storms was happening. So the Soviet generation would have shouted, ah, all these fake prophets, shouldn't you say we are crossing to the other side? Why is the storm? Why is the storm coming in the middle? Be careful. When God says a thing, no matter what happens in between, it will surely come to pass. What has God told us as a church? What has God told you as a family this year? Everything God has said, He will bring it to pass in the name of Jesus. Because it's a promise. I said you will get there in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. God gave me a revelation about this thing. Guide me, O thou great Jehovah. Pilgrim through this barren land. This is a fact that the land is barren. The, the Hebrew didn't say pilgrim through this fertile land. Pilgrim through this, the, this land. This land we are. Is it not barren? Talk to yourself. Everything has doubled. The things you buy has doubled. How many people have had double salary? What do you The things are even quadruple salary. The salary is the same. So the land is physically barren, realistically. But he ended that verse with something. He says, was bread from heaven. How? Ah. the land is barren. Though it's not, though the waves are here and there, though the storm is shaking the boat, bread from heaven feed me. May the bread of heaven feed you. In this barren land, you will be fed in the name of Jesus. In this barren land, you will be fed in the name of Jesus. You know that everything, I, I didn't believe that the disciples and Jesus are stayed on one spot. The storm will not have come. Once you are in movement, once you are in transition to go to somewhere else, some other times I'll tell you the reason what they will because they are going to do something. And that, that was why the storm came. But when you are when you decided to move forward about your life, when you decided to do something about your life, storm will start. In as much as you are stagnant, the storm will to stagnant person. You are backward, you are stagnant. Storm will not come. The fact that you are experiencing a storm is a, is a confirmation that you are moving forward. So everything goes crazy when you are in transition. Hallelujah. Amen. But because Jesus is in your boat, no matter the storm, you will get there. Let me you. Now let's look at Peter, an experienced fisherman. He has his own fishing company. Jesus is a son of carpenter. Jesus doesn't know anything about fishing. The guy that was experienced about fishing and the sea, how will he be shocked by a storm? There are some people they call, there's a family name. It's called Arugunyo. Or Arugunyo. We've heard about that. People that see. Battle and rejoice like ah, well, but the war is coming. Now you are, you are. Thank you. War is coming like this. Oh, that's when we are fine. How will you be bearing a rope with you and you are scared to battle? <laughs> How will Peter, an experienced fisherman, 
the scared of a storm. You should be Martin, who is a tax collector, or even Jesus himself, who is a carpenter. I never see what that before. My papa and carpenter at home. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Did he trust the Son of God on the sheep? Even with his experience, with Jesus, with him, he still didn't trust Jesus. Can God trust you? Can you trust God in this? God wants a praise in the middle of the storm. Hallelujah. Anybody will be fine. When things are, when there's no storm, anybody will praise God. But your reaction as a leader, as the head of a family, as a mother in the family, your reaction during the storm proves the depth of your relationship with Christ. How you react during the storm proves how much of God you know. Peter was fine when things were fine. I mean, anybody will be fine. When the weather is good. But in the midst of the storm, Peter lost it. How can a true leader lose it during the storm? There's a story about Mandela. You know, people say um, there, there, was a, there was turbulence in the airplane and everyone was scared. And Mandela, the story I did that Mandela was just, I don't know if you've read it before, just opened the novel and I was reading the novel. Even when the turbulence was just calm and read the novel. So after the turbulence has, has gone down, now is is uh, protein is around the now and all of us were losing it, blah blah blah. Well, you, you just count. He said, No, as a leader, if I decide to lose it at the same time, it will be worse, it will be a worse situation for you guys. So as a leader, your reaction during the storm shows how matured your relationship is with Christ. And real leadership is proven in the storm. True leadership, when, I mean, who is the leader when everything is fine? True leadership, true strength is proven in the storm. Peter, who was supposed to be steering the ship, was at the bottom of the, of the boat, waking Jesus up. What is a leader doing at the bottom of the boat? If you can keep up your defense, you may shake a little, but you will stay through the storm in the name of Jesus. Amen. I'm not this. Remember, we're not saying the storm doesn't exist. The storm exists. The storm is shaking you, but keep up your defense. Let the peace of God be your guard. Guard your heart and mind. Let the peace of God. Yes, it will shake you a little bit, but you stay through the storm. Amen. I said you stay through the storm. Amen. In military, uh, bro, Adewale will tell us. In military, you are supposed to hold your position even when you are under fire. Am I right, sir? Is Brother Yes, I'm correct. Even when the enemy is shooting, the general said, This is your you, you stand there, you will do it, you will do it. You are supposed to maintain your position. If a soldier, sir, because of enemy fire, leaves his position, what will happen to you? There's no point. You will be in pain alive. Stand your guard. 
Tell your neighbor, don't lose your guard. Say, don't drop your guard. So, the, the, when we drop our guards, the enemy will not take it, the territory that is not supposed to take it. The territory that was not adopted will belong to the enemy in the first place. The enemy will come and take it. Tell your neighbor, don't drop your guard. And look at this. What makes people question love when they are under attack? What was the question of the disciples here? Careless not that we perish. Don't you care? Is that not how our questions are framed when we are going through storms? God, where is your face? Say you don't love me again in me. We question love when we go through. I'm an take a moment, and I'm paying my title, and I am going to uh, church, and I'm going for vigilo. Rather than stay, go get there. Time is going. Let me just. What is it with storm and doubting love? They were doubting. Ah, Jesus, say you don't care about us again. As, that's another lesson for leaders. Nobody said, told Jesus, Jesus, please don't die. What did they tell you? <laughs> they didn't care. <laughs> don't you care that way? <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. What is it about song that makes us question love? Don't drop your card. Don't drop your card. Now, how did Jesus keep his peace? When others have no, no peace. Now, let me just, just summarize. Jesus spoke to God. We need to understand what he speak, not just what he speak to, but where he spoke from. Because the Bible says he rose up and spoke to the Son. You cannot speak to the Son if you don't have peace with him. Am I right? If that terrible storm is inside Jesus and is also worried, how will you can't speak peace from, from a worried heart? So Jesus spoke from a place of peace to the storm. A boat will never sink until water gets into the boat. The storm may be terrible. In as much as water doesn't get into the boat, the boat will still fill. In as much as that storm doesn't get into you, no matter how much is shaking you, no matter the toil, if you don't, if, if the peace of God guards your hearts and mind, and you don't allow that trouble around, that trouble in the society, that trouble on social media, you don't allow it to get into the boat of your life, you will still fill. So you need to guard your mind and your heart. That is when you can only sail through the storms of life. If you let the storms around you get inside you, it will bring you down. If you allow the storms around you to get inside you, it will bring you down. That is not denying the fact that there is a storm around you, but you don't allow it to get inside you. Let's go and feel that we take this song. As long as this peace guards your heart and mind, your life can sail through anything. As long as this peace we're talking about.
guard your heart and guard your mind. Life can still do anything. In 859, Master the Tempest is raging. We're going to use this to declare peace upon whatever you are going through. Thank you, please help us. Whatever it is you're going through, whatever storm it is in your life, in your family, I declare peace in the name of Jesus. I declare peace in the name of Jesus. Master the Tempest is raging. of a shadow. No shelter of Shall obey my will. Wings and the wings. 
storm. Whether the storm of demons or men or whatever it is, no water can swallow the sheep where it lies. The master of ocean and earth and sky. They all shall swiftly
the name of Jesus. Peace within you. Peace within you. Some of you, your gauges are destroyed. Some of you, your gauges are spoiled. Invite Jesus into the world of your life. And declare peace. Invite Jesus. Invite Jesus. Invite Jesus to fix your cage. No longer shall you be reacting to issues. No longer shall you be that the devil is stealing your joy. So no longer will you be having anxiety unnecessarily. Lord, fix my gauges. Lord, fix my gauges. Lord, fix my gauges. In the name of Jesus. Jesus. 